0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who has welcomed us with his death and his resurrection. Amen. Please be seated. So as I mentioned earlier, today we are wrapping up our hero series here at St. Lawrence as we continue our journey together through the story, uh, these past few weeks meditating together on the life of Jesus. If you uh, happen to have missed any of our previous sermons in the series, or even before that, uh, you can catch those. Uh, We have both video and audio available online at stlawrence.org, so I'd encourage you to connect there. But basically, we've been talking the last three weeks about how Jesus is our hero, and uh, here's the definition that we've been applying to him. One who, in the face of danger or adversity, or from a position of weakness displays courage and the will for self-sacrifice, that is, heroism, for some greater good of all humanity. We've been talking about how Jesus fits this definition quite well, actually, in many ways. He truly was and is our hero, and so today we conclude our series with a hero's welcome. What comes to your mind when you hear that phrase, a hero's welcome, For me, one of the first things I think of is the victory parade that the city of St. Louis threw for for me and Emily uh, back in 2011. Although I'm told not everybody was there to see us, some people were there uh, to cheer on the World Series champion St. Louis Cardinals baseball team perhaps even more historically significant than the Cardinals 11th World Series championship if such a thing were possible was the hero's welcome that Charles Lindbergh received when he uh, became the first man in history to fly across the Atlantic Ocean after being hailed as a hero in Paris where he landed Lindbergh came home to America to throngs of adoring fans and uh, even a, a few ticker tape parades like this one this happens to be ...down Olive Street in St. Louis, paving the way uh, for many Cardinals victory parades thereafter. But uh, even more heroic than Lindbergh's solo flight across the sea... ...are the men and women who every day are putting their lives on the line for our country, for you and for me. And so it's fitting that they too receive a hero's welcome... Such as this one. Because your brother, Stephen, is in the U.S. Army. He is. He just got back from Iraq. He was there for a year. Oh. And, yeah. So, have you been able to see him yet? No, not yet, because oh. I was in Canada when he got back. So, oh. I'll see him this Christmas. And oh, it's something really close to my heart. I'm so, he's really like... oh. Jesus is truly our hero, one who is more deserving of, of honor and praise even than a soldier like that, I think it's fair to ask, how did the world welcome our hero? This is the first question in your sermon outline today. I think, unfortunately, you could really say, we didn't. God came to earth for us, and he was born in an animal's feeding trough. You know, if we go back to our definition, this is where, where God, where, where Christ places himself in a position of weakness, as Pastor Bender shared in his message a few weeks ago. This hero's way involved no worldly fanfare, but it was a birth that was unnoticed, dirty, and insignificant. As St. John writes, he came into his own, but his own did not receive him, did not welcome him, He was literally left out in the cold by the world that he came to save. And then King Herod tried to kill him. Not much of a hero's welcome at all, if you ask me. And this continued into his adulthood and his public ministry. As we read in chapter 25 of the story this past week, wherever Jesus went, he sparked controversy over who he was and and what he did. He received many negative reviews, even in his own lifetime. The scriptures tell us again and again that the people were divided over Jesus, that he continually faced great opposition. He deceives the people, some people said, in Jerusalem. And the Jewish leaders said, Now we know that you are demon possessed. Are you greater than our father Abraham? Who do you think you are? In last week's chapter, we read about how the the religious leaders began to plot to kill Jesus. And this week, that story picked up steam. As chapter 25 ends with the teachers of the law scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and put him to death by conspiring with Judas. And so, how did the world welcome our hero? Well, it ignored him, opposed him, and tried to kill him. Not much of a hero's welcome at all, if you ask me of course, Jesus was also very popular with a lot of people. In fact, as we read through certain parts of the Gospels, we certainly get the impression that he was considered very heroic indeed by the masses, was followed around, constantly surrounded, even swarmed by, by crowds that wanted to hear what he had to say and adore him. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Kaiser talked about hero worship, the foolish or excessive adulation of an individual. And we examined how this applied to the life of Christ. We certainly see this continue in our chapter for this week as well. One example as soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. And while there were those among the crowds that saw Jesus as a deceiver, others argued, He is a good man. And still others, Surely this man is the prophet, he's the Messiah. This enthusiastic hero worship culminates in the grand victory parade that the people outside of Jerusalem throw for Jesus on the day that we now call Palm Sunday. Now, as we've said, we're, we're talking about Palm Sunday a week early this year. That's so we can talk about the crucifixion next week and that chapter of the story and this, the chapter about Jesus rising from the dead on Easter. But there is one thing in particular I think we need to notice about Palm Sunday today. Certainly, anyone who saw that parade of, of palm branches waved in the air, cloaks laid down low, would have classified it as nothing less than a, hero, a hero's welcome. But why did they do it? When the people of the city come out to ask what all this fanfare is about, the crowds respond, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Now on the face of it, this statement seems accurate enough But if we go back to the beginning of chapter 25, we find that the people are giving Jesus a hero's welcome for all the wrong reasons. Who do people say I am, Jesus asked his disciples. They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Peter answered, you, Are the Messiah. Peter recognizes that calling Jesus the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee, as the people did on Palm Sunday, fails to recognize his true identity. Peter shows us that at best the world welcomed our hero with woefully misguided reactions. But before we build Peter up too much, we read on. Immediately following this beautiful confession of Peter's in Jesus as the Messiah, Peter shows that even he does not understand the true nature of Jesus' heroism. Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things, that he must be killed, and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. It's never a good idea to rebuke the incarnate son of God and you probably remember Jesus' response. Get behind me, Satan. As superior as Peter's understanding of Jesus may have been to that of the crowds on Palm Sunday, Jesus still called it out for what it truly was, satanic, because it sought to steer Jesus away from the cross. And so over and over again, Jesus was misunderstood. Yes, Herod, Jesus did come to be a king, but not the kind of king you're thinking. Yes, crowds on Palm Sunday, Jesus did come to be a prophet, but not the kind of prophet you're thinking. Yes, Peter, Jesus did come to be Messiah, but not even the kind of Messiah you're thinking. And many in our world still refuse to believe that Jesus was and is who he actually claims to be. I was reading an interview this past week with Bono, the the lead singer of U2, this Irish rock star, and he actually expressed this quite well. He said, "Look, the secular response to the Christ story always goes like this. He was a great prophet, obviously a very interesting guy, had a lot to say along the lines of other great prophets. But actually, Christ doesn't let you off that hook. Christ says, no, I'm, I'm not saying I'm a teacher. I'm not saying I'm a prophet. I'm saying I'm the Messiah. I'm saying I am God incarnate. And people say, no, no, please, just be a prophet. A prophet we can take. You're a bit eccentric. We can handle that. But don't mention the M word because you know we're going to have to crucify you. The people of Bethlehem were not the only ones to ignore the coming of Christ to us. How often do we forget about our Savior as we go about our daily lives? How often might we even be standing in the way of Jesus and opposing his will for our lives? None too eager to pick up our cross and follow him. And worst of all, we know that it was our own sins that were precisely what did at last kill Jesus. And so in the end, it doesn't matter at all what we want Jesus to be or who people might say that he is. As C.S. Lewis has written, Jesus is either a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. There are no other options. And that's precisely the point. You see, I think we've been asking the wrong question all along. Our question should not be, how did the world welcome our hero, but rather, how did our hero welcome us? This is what we mean By a hero's welcome. Jesus didn't come to be welcomed on our terms or anyone else's. He came to welcome us. This is a truly scandalous thing. Something that led the Pharisees to deride Jesus and to snarl to one another. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. No matter what anyone else thought or did, good or bad, Jesus lived out his words when he said, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus did not come to be welcomed by us. He came to welcome us by giving his life for us all. The true nature of Jesus' heroism consisted not of receiving, but giving. It entailed not self-preservation, his own comfort, public praise and acclamation, but rather self-sacrifice, suffering and public humiliation and death. Going back to our definition, this is what heroism is, self-sacrifice. This is how Jesus welcomed us. Jesus didn't come to this world to receive the red carpet treatment. He came to stain the earth red with his blood poured out on the cross, all for us. We who have deserved nothing but for him to ignore us, oppose us, and kill us eternally. But instead, he gave up his life. And as he said, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. That is truly a hero's welcome. A friend of ours was recently reflecting on sharing the story of Jesus' death with her three-year-old daughter, And she wrote this. There's something about recounting the crucifixion story to a child who has never really heard or understood it before. It strips away my familiarity and saddens me in a whole new way. Had to talk through tears to answer dear Vera's questions. How poorly we have treated God. And how great a gift he has given How poorly we have treated God, ignored him, opposed him, and killed him. And how great a gift he has given. Forgiveness, resurrection from the death of our sin, and eternal welcome into his kingdom. So if you feel ignored or opposed, take heart. For on the cross hangs a man who has given you the welcome that he alone deserved, A man who has given to you his own righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. And so as Dr. Dale Meyer has written, you must let Jesus be more than example. If you're drowning, you don't need an instructor to teach you how to swim. If you're trapped in a burning house, you don't need a lecture about smoke detectors. You need to be saved. First and foremost, Jesus is our Savior This is what it means that Jesus is our hero, that he bled and died, sacrificing himself for us. And in a couple weeks, we will celebrate his eternal victory demonstrated on the day he rose from the dead. So I'd like to leave you with one more question today. How should we welcome our hero in our lives? I have three, three possible ways to answer this. The first is with faith like a child. Many of us are very familiar with the story of Jesus being inundated with children. It's one we read in chapter 25 this past week. And when the disciples try to push the children away, Jesus welcomes them, even as he has welcomed us. And then he says, Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. So don't try to make Jesus into anyone other than who he is, the Savior of the world. And of your soul, this identity of his, this reality is one that we can only ponder with childlike wonder as we welcome his good gifts and spirit with trusting faith. And as Christ himself said, whoever welcomes me does not welcome me but the one who sent me. This is how we children have a relationship again with our father. The second way I think we can welcome our hero in our lives is by loving as he first loved us. We welcome others because he has first welcomed us. And for us here at St. Lawrence, I believe that this has to begin here on Sunday morning. We are his body in this world. We need to go out of our way to let anyone who comes through our doors know that they are welcomed by God and by us. God is is never indifferent toward his people, so share a smile, a handshake, a conversation with someone you don't know here today. And then let that welcoming attitude extend into your daily life, as every interaction you have exudes the love of Jesus. We love because he first loved us. And finally, we should welcome our hero in our lives by preparing for his return, Pastor Brandt read for us earlier Paul's words from Philippians 2 that spoke of the coming day when every knee will bow and every tongue confess the lordship and reign of Jesus over all creation. So start now. Prepare your hearts for his return, watching the skies for him to come in glory. Like a military family with ribbons on trees on their vehicles, lights left on in the house, arms trembling with eagerness for that long-awaited embrace. Because our hero Jesus will come when we least expect him like the soldier in that video clip we watched. And he will take us up in his arms and in the clouds and we will live with him forever. That will truly be a hero's welcome. He has given his life for you. Now go and live for him. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God which transcends our understanding guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus our Lord now and forevermore. Amen.